Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys ready for another pre-market prep? Of course, we got another great day for you guys. We'll take a look. Has the Santa Claus rally already come and pass? We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll get into settlement versus trade date. Talk a little bit about what could be going on today. You might want to catch this one, team. Bitcoin talk. We'll get into Apple. We'll talk a little bit about JD and what's going on in China. We'll take a look at some lithium news in the hitting the tape today. And what could potentially be the next Supreme Court case that everyone will be watching? Of course, it's going to be all on AI. And then we'll get into some action. We got, of course, our guest today, Mark Chaikin. Smash the like. We'll get into a little bit of Microsoft talk from Wedbush's best idea list in 24. And then I will give you guys a trade that I'm looking at, seasonality trade. Already on, we'll talk a little bit about it right here on Pre-Market Prep. You guys smash the like. It's time to rise and shine. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, traders, we can take a look at the markets. You guys know I'm not the biggest uh, kind of rundown type of guy, but I'll run through it really quickly. You guys can see the queues definitely getting a nice little spike overnight. SPY doing the same. Let's take a look at USO. A little bit of a pullback here. If I take a look at WTI, because that's what I focus on, uh, we're trading at like 73.32s. Wondering if we start going into the 80s. Uh, we could see that gold had a pretty decent day and it's had a pretty decent two days now. Let's see if this can continue this rally. Silver doing pretty well. And then Mara and some of these Bitcoin names definitely taking a hit with Bitcoin taking a pullback today. We'll talk all about that right here, but let's get the show started. Let's bring on my man. And Dennis Dick, of course. You ready to get to the market today, Dennis? Always. We're always ready. We've got two days left in the year, two days to make our numbers. Let's make it happen, although the market's been pretty slow the last couple days. It is a holiday week, so it is slow. Santa Claus has kind of come to town, but it's not. It's more with a little little moves here. The market's up in the last few days, but it's not just raining presents all over the place out of the sleigh here. It's been a quiet santa claus rally we'll say that let's of course get to some bitcoin news uh dennis you said that you saw a lot of action coming out of kathy wood and so a lot of people are wondering what's going on in bitcoin this morning and there could be a couple things playing it to here right we're going to give a couple of outlooks you guys out there let us know what you guys think in the chat why do you guys think bitcoin is down today um of course looks like kathy did do some sales is that exactly what you saw there, Dennis? Um, multiple things happening here. So one, I want to do this trade date versus settled, settlement Let's talk date a little thing. bit so about that. Canada and a lot of other countries work off settlement date when they're figuring out the end of the year. So the end of the tax year for Canadians was yesterday, meaning they actually start a new trading year today because they work on settlement, which is two-day settlement. So they work, you know, the stocks trades that you buy or sell today will settle 
on January the 2nd, where U.S. investors and traders, the IRS works on trade date. So you actually have two days left in your trading year. So that is a consideration here that a lot of the other, besides the U.S., I don't know other countries, but I know a lot, you know, work on settlement. So if you're in another country, you might already be working on your new tax year. So what happens is sometimes you see early profit taking. Like Canadians can now, if they have, you know, a 240% gain in NVIDIA, they can take it today and not pay tax for the full until 2024. So meaning, you know, in the 2024 tax year. So that's one key difference. And I don't wonder if that plays a little bit into the crypto sell-off here today because Bitcoin has had a pretty good year. You could now book gains if you are not in the U.S. Again, U.S. investors are working on trade dates, so there's two more days. But if you're Canadian or on a lot of these other countries, you're working on settlement date. And, I don't, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm fairly confident. And again, Bitcoin with settlement and all this other stuff might be different. But you've obviously got all the Bitcoin stocks. Coinbase, that's going to work off settlement date. Mara, those are going to work off settlement dates. So I'm talking the Bitcoin stocks, and we're getting a pretty significant sell-off. So what I think a little bit is playing into it is you could see profit-taking in some of these issues if you are Canadian or if you're in some of these others. The other issue we have here is Kathy Wood has sold her entire GBTC position here. Now, she did move some of that into BITO, so it's just moving. She's not completely done on crypto. But there was some commentary here that I think she was just, um, and I, I don't have it in front of me. I had it in front of me before. But there was some commentary that she was worrying about the run-up and being a little bit too much too fast. So, I mean, it's been an impressive run for Bitcoin. You're definitely seeing some profit-taking here this morning. There's always headlines. There's other headlines out there, I'm sure. But, you know, just a couple things to think about when you're trading is that if you're Canadian, you can actually book those gains, you know, and not pay tax until next year now. And I think it's important to think about, right? I mean, as we continue riding high, there is going to be some people that want to take some profit, especially if you're a little bit concerned into what's going to happen into next year. I know that there's still a lot of positive in the market, um, but overall, I mean, these stocks have been running for a good while now, right? Since early November and has had a huge run like huge a stock run. like Coinbase, 154% in just what? 1.9 months, 39 trading days, you that's got 154%. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. At some point, guys, we got to expect the pullback. And so I'm not saying that you can't be in coin, right? Let's say if you got in there at 100, I understand why you're kind of holding in now. But like always, we need to be careful for pullbacks and starting to see some retracements in this space. Well, it's about chasing, Mitch, and we talk on this show as I'm not a chaser. I like to wait for a pullback and then a consolidation period before striking again. But remember, mm -hmm. we talked about this January effect. That is now uh, obviously in play if you're Canadian. Now, again, you know, the majority of U.S. stocks are still traded by U.S. citizens. So they work off trade date, meaning there are still two more days left before they can push that taxes. So, But come January 2nd, just think about that. If you're sitting on those NVIDIAs and those Microsoft and all those gains, you know, maybe there is a little bit of a January effect and maybe you get a pullback. And maybe what we're seeing today in crypto, in the crypto stocks, is a little bit of this January effect, a preview, if you will. And I think a lot of times what you see is leaders become laggards and laggards become leaders um, with that January effect. So we know, obviously, January 2nd. Is it January? Well, we got to go to the calendar because we've got January. I haven't even looked at the calendar. So January 1st, but yeah, falls on Monday, so we actually have that holiday. So January 2nd will be the first day. So January 2nd is the day where I'd be cautious 
being long a lot of these things but you know maybe you should be cautious today if a lot of the other countries in the world can start booking profits now so just keep that in mind i'm not chasing the nvidia's and the microsoft's here at this point in time still long nvidia in the long-term portfolio i don't think these are long-term effects here but we got to be aware in january sometimes the trends reverse at least for a couple of weeks man that little shake yesterday uh in nvidia that opening shake got me out Dennis and I wasn't able to hold on uh, on that Nvidia trade, so I had to let go of that swing. And now it's so four ninety six. I I was seeing five hundred before the end of the year. I thought so too, but we're, we're running out, out of a, a runway. Yeah, two are. things running out of a runway, and like I said, you know, some other countries can now book those gains, so that could put pressure on the stock here too. So I think if you're sitting in these things, I think you got to be cautious going to January again. I'm long in the long-term account, separate trading from the long-term investing. But I do intend to actually maybe short some of these stocks, not NVIDIA maybe, but some of these stocks um, come in January. And 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 it all depends. I mean, sometimes it's January. I mean, sometimes it just doesn't come into play. But it's been a pretty impressive year for a lot of stocks. I think there's a lot of people sitting on a lot of gains that are maybe hungry to take some of those gains. And if you were sitting back waiting, if you're in the U.S., you probably wait a couple more days. But if you're in Canada, you're going to take those gains maybe today. All right. Well, I have some interesting uh, statistics that I want to bring in here. And I wanted to give the chat the opportunity to order their own stock traders almanac for 2024. Right. Of course, we bring Jeffrey Hirsch on all the time. And there's some statistics here that I think are pretty interesting. Right. Of course, we kind of all know about the traders feasting on small stocks uh, Thanksgiving through the Santa Claus rally. And we've been seeing a lot of that lately. I know Dennis and I have even been watching some really smaller names, right, that are starting to get the move, right? And I think that just plays into exactly what we're seeing. But another thing is to keep in mind is that on average, it's only a 1.3% gain since 1969, right? And if we think about that in perspective and we look at that kind of like on the SPY or maybe you're looking at the Qs overall, uh, Qs is what I've been focusing on more because it feels like tech is what's leading this rally. We were at 409 and that was on Friday, right? Where we opened. If I put a like a 1.3% move from that kind of 409 spot and I put it up there, what do I get? I get about like 414, right? Maybe a little bit higher, but not even into 415. And so one thing that I would say is we're already at 412s. We might have maybe a couple more points on average for this Santa Claus rally, but it's starting to slow down. And that's what I think we got to be a little bit careful of. And then there's one more statistics that I wanted to bring. And this is all from the Stock Traders Almanac. This is an interesting one. And it has it on the last day of the year, warning you for next year, right? But the last trading day of the year, the NASDAQ is down 17 of the last 23 times. So just to give that in perspective, the last trading day, a lot of the times is down on the year. And if we're already close to that 1.3% for the Santa Claus rally, that's what I'm saying. Maybe Santa Claus has already. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's time to start thinking about booking profits. Again, as a Canadian, you can safely book profits here today. In the U.S., are you going to wait a couple days to push that tax bill? Probably, but it's something to think about. I don't wait around for those last couple days of January because sometimes those last couple days of January, trends reverse. 
But, you know, nothing has to happen. Nothing is absolute. We don't know anything for certain. As traders, we only play the percentages. So, you know, that's why we bring up these points. Mitch is bringing up some fantastic points. It's good to look at, you know, these statistics to get a feel for what is actually happening here. And the January effect is already starting to happen with some, some stocks. We've been talking about this. Leaders becoming laggards, laggards becoming leaders. While China, which has been a laggard all year, becoming a major leader here today, Money Mitch. We're getting a big pop. From China, there is news here over in China. Yeah. I had it open and I've lost it already. Um, there was the China Central Bank comments, and I you go ahead and you grab those comments. Quickly. I'll bring in the JD talk also because there is some yeah, news out. Go ahead, on I'll JD's. grab those China comments. Awesome. Let's take a look at this. Of course, I'll go to JD's chart to kind of show what's going on, at least for JD. So the Chinese e-commerce, of course, JD.com has disclosed plans for a significant salary. Uh, increase for its workforce in 2024, the pay increasing exceeding 20% as disclosed in a company statement on its official WeChat account. Um, so of course, higher pay for this company, but getting a lift off of that, that I thought was really interesting. But there's also other news. And what did you catch out on the tape for China, Dennis? Commentary from the China Central Bank saying they're committed to strengthening the implementation of its monetary policies, maintaining reasonable sufficient liquidity, guiding reasonable growth, aiming to support economic stability and growth. So that's helping China stocks here this morning as well. Um, again, we're just beaten down here too. So I think seasonality plays into effect here, where I do believe you're going to see a period here for the next couple of weeks where the leadership might change. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see a lot of rotation here happening. I don't think we're going to get an overall market rug pull. Although if the mega cap seven gets hit, the S&Ps and the Qs are going to get hit because they're so heavily weighted, those stocks. So again, seasonality plays into effect here. Lots to think about. Just keep that in mind when you're trading here. You know, you can't stop yourself. You got to buy Microsoft or NVIDIA by the end of the year. I think there's going to be a better entry point for some of these stocks. I will say uh, there is one last stat that I'll bring you guys is the second trading day of the year. The Dow is up 21 of the last 30 times. And so uh, the Dow, hmm, DIA, maybe we have to look into what's in there that maybe could get going on the second trading day. Again, heavily weighted to certain stocks, only 30 in there. So you got to consider that there is a number of tech stocks in there now as well. Yeah. So the Dow is not like what it used to be, this huge value index. <laughs> it's mainly just, you know, and we can go, you know, if you want to just break it down here, let's just jump into it right now and look exactly, you know, which stocks, you know, are the most heavily weighted. It's, it, I believe, and I never, I never trade the Dow. So I don't really ever trade the DIA either. So it's just interesting to look at. United Health, the most heavily weighted, 9% of the Dow. UNH. Goldman Sachs, Microsoft, Home Depot. Those are your four top components mm. there in the Dow. The, and again, only 30 stocks. The lowest components there, uh, we're talking about like the Intels. Intel's still in there? Wow. Um, Disney is lower now because the price movements have just you know changed. So UNH, the biggest component here in, in the Dow, in the DIA, if I'm looking at just the DIA. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's something to consider here, too, is, you know, there's just a different, uh, and again, this is why I just don't like trading. It's only 30 stocks, so it can be heavily weighted. I mean, UNH has a bad day. The Dow gets hit. So it's, it's price weighted. It's, you know, just the way it's all constructed here. It's just a mess. And that's why most traders, I think, just don't focus on it anymore. Not if you're a full-time trader. Well, you guys Media heard this. 
<laughs> well, you guys heard the stats there brought to you, of course, by the Stock Traders Almanac. And uh, I said, you know what, let's let's expand this conversation. Let's talk about this, of course, with none other than Mark Chaikin. Let's get to the action, guys. Mark Chaikin, founder of Chaikin Analytics and, of course, has seen many of these Santa Claus rally and January effects come into play, Mark. So... What do you see going into seasonality? Do you kind of play into this? What are you seeing, Mike? Well, the seasonality trade is over, basically. It started uh, the end of November, and uh, we're witnessing the the rewards from being a bull. Uh, The last two days, to me, are meaningless. Uh, What's important is what's going to happen in January, because Yale Hirsch's biggest... um, call back in the 70s was uh, whatever the market does in January is a roadmap for the rest of the year. So first five days are up. That means that 25% of the year is going to be up in the beginning and so forth. So I think January is really important. And I'm very bullish on January because of the earnings um, season uh, announcements that are due to come. That's truly interesting. Of course, we'll be watching the first quarter as uh, normally presidential cycles in the first quarter see a little bit of a slowdown, especially on election year. Um, And I don't know. I mean, with this rosy and market environment, are we going to see a little bit of a slowdown? It seems like stocks just want to keep running. Do you feel like the strength can just continue into next year, Mark? Oh, yeah. I I have a year on target or you know, a, a goal that I'll share at the end of the broadcast, but it's it's numbers that you haven't been speaking uh, unless you're Jeremy Siegel, you know, mm. 10 years ago. But basically, I, there are so many people like uh, you and Dennis out there saying, be cautious, you know, don't jump on the ball, wait for mm-hmm. a pullback. I think the most you're going to, not most, but the likely pullback in the S&P is one and a half to 3%. I'll say that almost any time we're in an uptrend. Uh, the 21-day average, which is typically supporting an uptrend, is 46.75. Uh, it's quite a bit away. Uh, but that, that equates to around a 3% pullback. But I think you did key in on one important thing, RSP, not SPY. The RSP went from being down 5% on October 30th to being up uh, 12% on the year. So that's a 17% swing since October 30th in the average stock in the S&P. At the same time, as you point out, there's been a little bit of profit taking in the Magnificent Seven. So I think uh, rather than looking at the Dow, I agree with Dennis, it's it's too constrained, although the Dow did make a new high ahead of the S&P, uh, the, the cap-weighted S&P. So the rally is broadening out. And then the question is what sectors are going to do well in 2024 in an election year after a big rate um, cut, not rate cut, but cut back in rate cycle. And, you know, I've got some thoughts there, too. So, you know, shoot, fire away. Let's, what let's... about so? And what I've been talking about is the leaders becoming laggards and the laggards becoming leaders for 2024. What we saw in 2023 was a complete reversal of what was happening in 2022, where January, the calendar changed and they could not stop buying tech stocks and they bought them all year. To Hirsch's point, the first five days of January, I believe, are very strong. And that did continue the entire year. 
I mean, it's been a big move here for some of the small casts, but they have massively underperformed over the last mm-hmm. couple of years here. Um, I, I've been saying I think that's where I'm looking to buy pullbacks is more in these value names as opposed to if we get a little dip in, you know, a, a 32 multiple Microsoft. I'm, I'm not sure I'm jumping in and chasing. I, I, I believe the AI story is real. I believe those stocks are still going to do fine. I'm kind of with you in that I think there's this potential for some of these other stocks which are trading you know and and when we were talking about this back in october i mean we're just getting down to multiples on some stocks where they haven't traded in years back in october where you know you got the iwm was i think trading 13 or 14 times earnings i mean just stocks is main just mainly getting too cheap when we got back to october which is why you know we talked about in october of saying it i think a recession is kind of priced in at this point in time now i didn't anticipate this huge 20% 20% up move in a lot of stocks and and in the IWM overall. I mean, what are we up, you know, in the IWM from you know, the October lows, 160, 204. Yeah, we're talking, you know, almost 20% move there as well. I do think, you know, you could get a pullback. I would be a buyer of that pullback. So I knew, I know we talked cautiously to our investors, but we started talking more bullish back in October. So to, to your point here, Mark, do, do you think this leader to laggard, laggard to leader, trade could have weight in 2024? Oh, very definitely. I think tech will do okay. Not the biggest names, but the companies that are going to use AI to improve the productivity of their software stocks like ServiceNow and Synopsys. Uh, You know, so I think I've been saying all along that the big, um, what we used to call the generals, NVIDIA, Microsoft, that's not where you're going to make your big money in AI. You're going to, there's a productivity cycle going on where uh, profit margins are going up because companies are using things like AI. Uh, so I think those, let's call them secondary tech stocks, uh, Arison Networks, another example of that, uh, CrowdStrike, are going to do pretty well. But I think um, the real areas to watch are clearly financials. So uh, I like to step back and and just, I could quote 10 different patterns and events that have happened that tell me this this market's going uh, 5,800 to 6,000 in a best case scenario next year. And that's, you had a very steep um, drop in rates in a very short period of time. So as we've always talked about, and you guys have talked about, it's the rate of change of interest rates that's really the driver in the stock market, not the level. So from 5% down to 3.8% in a month and a half or two months, that's amazing. And uh, Goldman Sachs has something called the Financial Conditions Index. And that has had a precipitous drop, which means that there's easing in the marketplace, not by the Fed, because they're still selling bonds, but by the market participants. 12 months later, the market's up every time that's happened, where you've had such a steep drop in interest rates and other conditions that they measured. The second thing is that chart you showed of the IWM, you recycled from a new 52-week high to a new 52-week 52, new, new 52 low to a new 52-week high in an amazingly short period of time. Unreal. And that typically has led to 100% up gains, you know, uh, seven out of seven times that that's happened, six to 12 months out. So the longer term picture, and by that I mean six to 12 months, is fabulous for the market. 
And then you had a point and figure breakout at 4,600. You know, not many people look at point and figure charts anymore. But so 3,500 low to 4,600 high gives you a 5,700 target. And that's just coming off a machine. That's, you know, if you look at any point and figure software, whether it's stockcharts.com or what have you, there's the count right there. In fact, the count is 5899. I don't know, but it's based on a breakout of a double top at, uh, on November uh, 20th. So we're set up. Where do you look? Financials, yeah. big beneficiary, industrials, consumer discretionary for sure. And I think you avoid energy and I think you sort of underweight mega cap tech and you overweight uh, specialty tech. And that's where you talk about specialty tech, which stocks give us a couple of picks well, here. But I mentioned uh, they look high right now. ServiceNow, Synopsys, Pure Storage, PSTG. Uh, they're a big they have a deal with NVIDIA. They're a big beneficiary of the need for flash storage. Uh, so a company like Procore, which we've mentioned here before, PCOR, they're the only competitor to Autodesk out there, and they're starting to integrate AI into their uh, software for construction management, construction project management. So you can find these names in both software. I'd rather go to software than hardware here, but if I had to pick a chip manufacturer, it would be AMD, which is making new 52-week highs. So there's plenty to choose from here. I do think that you're going to get a pullback at some point. I can't tell you when, uh, but you've had a magical run, and that's not a reason to be bearish. The McClellan oscillator has been in positive territory for two months. That only happens at the start of a new bull leg. So you've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, let me give you one anecdotal answer. I like anecdotal if it translates to, okay, you know something that someone doesn't know. I was watching before I came on air. Mm -hmm. I forgot that I hadn't reordered my Stock Traders Almanac. Two, <laughs> two clicks on Amazon, and it's being delivered this afternoon. That's unreal, eh? So what, what does that mean? It means I'm not using as much gas, and I'm not putting as much mileage on my cars, it's a productivity enhancer, bad for, you know, the conventional uh, bricks and mortar, bad for energy, but great for Amazon, great yeah. for anybody who's looking to maximize the experience. And that's what AI is all about. So, all right. All right. So, of course, uh, the chat here also saying that uh, they're seeing they're feeling the bullishness, right? Um, what can throw a wrench in this story? Uh, Mark next year? Is it that the uh, Fed maybe steps back a little bit on their comments that they just came out? Or is there something that could break in the economy? What are you seeing out there? Uh, well, there's always something that could happen. But the problem is we never know what it is. So that's, yeah. you know, if we knew what it is, the market discounts it. That's the that's the conundrum you always have. So what could go wrong? Um, the war in the Middle East could escalate into World War Three, unlikely to happen. But Iran's a bad actor and, and they're getting frisky. Um, earnings could get too strong. And the I, I, I personally am not basing my uh, forecasts on what the Fed is like, how many rate cuts there are. There may be none. Who knows? But markets pricing in, I don't know, six rate cuts now, not three or four based yeah. on. It was all the Powell conversation. Yeah. I mean, that's where 
I said, you know, the same thing. I'm like, you can't stay bearish if Powell's going to get behind this market. Right. And if he's and... going to start cutting rates when the markets that are out to all time highs, it's very hard to be bearish here. That's why we've been yeah. on the bullish train here, just yep. you know, to correct you, Mark, because I know you think we're all bearish here, but it's not. No, no, trading. I get, I get the trading rhythm, and and yeah. I respect that. I can't do that very well. I'm just. Yeah, but we're on the same side as you for 2024. Yeah. I mean, well, that... Powell. I said you cannot fight the Fed. Mm -hmm. And that is why it's been successful to have an underweight in equities really for the last two years. We haven't gone nowhere in equities for two years because you were fighting the Fed as they were cutting rates. Now, it would have been nice to all, you know, go bullish here, you know, in, in October of last year. And, you know, we'd be right at the bottom. But, you know, there was a significant sell off in the queues. There was a significant yeah. sell off in another a lot of other stuff. Hey, guys, I'm going to look at the explosion. Let me interrupt for one second. Let me interrupt for one second, guys. Uh, no yeah. worries. I just want to make sure that we're alert for the initial jobless claims is going to come in here. Consensus is 210,000 yeah. prior being 205,000. I don't expect much movement in the market off of this, but I just wanted to state it for everyone in the chat. I see everybody N numbers coming, numbers coming. Well, it's just jobless claims. We'll see what happens with that. But let's keep going, Mark. Keep going with the conversation. All right. The, the explosion in the number of stocks making new highs, the contraction in the number of stocks making new, uh, new lows down to three or four. Yeah. And what people don't realize is this is a rolling 52-week number. What mm -hmm. happens in March when the lows that the bank stocks made uh, go off the board? I mean, okay. the odds of new lows picking up here, I'd rather look at what's going to go right. And the, you're going to have an explosion in all these technical indicators. First of all, the, uh, the advanced decline line made a new high ahead of the S&P. That is the most bullish thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and you still haven't made a new closing high in the S&P. Uh, the Dow leading the S&P is bullish. So it, it's hard for me to zero in on what could go wrong. I think you got to zero in on what could go right. We started doing that in November and it's, it's really paid off for people who believed in this bull market. And I think this is a new leg of the bull market that's just started. Well, it might just be getting started because I just want to give perspective because everybody is still thinking like this. It's just been an amazing run for stocks in 2024 absolute, or 2023 absolutely has. But what we did in 2023 was basically get most of the losses back from 2022. So when we really give perspective here in two years, in two years, QQQ is flat. In two years, the S&P, I believe, is just trying now to get back to all-time highs. So, I mean, it's taken two years. So, we've had a two-year bear market. Um, even though it was one, all losses were in one year, it was the last year that got it back. So, I think Mark's got a point here. Like, you know, we've had the huge sell-off with the Fed, with inflation, you know, and the Fed fighting inflation. They brought interest rates back up. And now we've come full circle and we've got, and maybe we have clear skies here. Um, if the Fed is going to start lowering rates, I think, you know, you've got to now think that, hey, Maybe the bear run is officially over, and maybe we're not going to retrace these lows if you're sitting on the bear camp. So, so I he, think you're here's, what, here's what could go wrong. That's uh, a good question, Mitch. Uh, the March Fed meeting, they don't lower rates. Now you're going to have some disappointment in the bond market. That's the, the bond market's been driving the bus. I'm sure you guys have been talking about that for the last month. Yeah. And so if the Fed does not cut interest rates, because the economy is stronger than expected in March, then you'll get a sell-off, uh, you know, and that, that makes sense. And, you uh, know, the reason I think we sell off if we sell off, and I'm not saying that happens, but if you're giving the bearish scenario, it's if inflation starts ticking higher again, 
because if inflation starts to tick higher again, the Fed will back off on their commentary from before. The market is very scared of inflation. So that's kind of the boogeyman. Inflation has to stay down. If we start ticking higher again, the bull thesis starts to get holes. In it. So here's what you watch for that. That's a really good point. China, if China's China's economy is in the crapper, this rally you talked about is just a short covering year end rally uh, because of the com- uh, implosion in the uh, Chinese real estate market. So if chi- China, the growth in China actually drives the inflation rate. It, it drives the stuff that you know supply chains depend on. If China stays weak, there is virtually no chance that inflation ticks up virtually none and you know the the ppi definitely follows the chinese economy uh i mean the the correlation is unbelievable so if producer prices are going to come down the supply chain issues that covid created uh you know finally abate which is what's happening here um i I just don't see an uptick in inflation Uh, and i'm not an economist fortunately so you know, I'm not stuck with some numbers that are archaic, like uh, yield curves and, and leading indicators. So we've covered a lot of ground. That's about three weeks worth of my thinking. <laughs> we, missed, we missed a week. But I would like to wish you guys and all of the loyal viewers who uh, are in here every other week, you know, because hopefully I have something important to say, I wish you a happy, healthy, peaceful New Year's. And please vote. Whatever your political leanings are, vote, mm-hmm. vote, vote in 2024 so that your voice is heard. Love it. Love it, Mark. And uh, just from uh, all of us here, and I'm sure the audience would agree also, thank you for joining us. Like always, it's truly been an honor to have you on the show because uh, as someone that, you know, studies Legendary markets, investor, Mark Chaikin. Yeah, literally. I, I mean, I there's... I can tell you, I there's like at least five or 10 books back there that have your name in it. So I can tell you that I definitely enjoy uh, being able to speak with you uh, throughout the year. I know the chat loves it. So a lot of love for you. A lot of thanks in the chat. Have a great year next year, Mark. We expect great things from you in 24. And I'll actually be on on January 4th because we missed a beat. Oh, so, excited. We'll, we'll see, see you, you right, right in the middle of the new right year. Right in the middle of this. Yeah, that'll be great. Enjoy, Thank guys. You. Have a great one. Take care, Mark. All right, let's get back to the markets here. Let's see how the markets reacted off of that uh, jobs list claims number. I didn't see much action at all on it. Did you see anything, Dennis? I mean, no, no ticks. And we're in a very quiet week. Again, you know, the Santa Claus, right? Everybody likes to think everybody's coming. A lot of traders are just not here. And the reason we do get rallies sometimes is liquidity is lower because there's just not as much traders out here. So there can be some exaggerated moves because the liquidity is just lower. This is a very historically quiet week. A lot of traders take this week off. We've got Joel Alconin taking a couple of days off here. So, you know, I never take days off just the way I'm built. So, you know, obviously when I work from home, it's easier for me. I just come in here, do a little bit of trading. So I trade through the holiday season, but a lot of traders are not like that. And this is usually a historically quiet week. What happens next week is all these traders get back to their desks. And again, mm-hmm. I'm with Mark. I think it's going to be a good year for stocks in 2024, as long as inflation doesn't start to tick higher. Um, the one thing that is different is I think we will get a pullback in January, an early pullback on profit taking. And I think that pullback is going to get bought. So yeah. I'll be sitting with my buy the dip shoes on in January, looking for good companies again at reasonable valuations. That's the key 
to trading or to investing as you know obviously we always talk about you know trading and investing are two very different things but you know have your shopping list ready because you know what some of these stocks may sell off here and, and when they do you get that opportunity you've got to be able to strike because these sell-offs may not last long I agree. And I think you need to keep watching at least seasonality. I, I think it's pointing towards more like a, a March sell off. Like we kind of had uh, even last year, we had a little bit. So I think that we could even continue to strengthen into January and then run into some trouble in end of February going into March. And that's when we start to see things kind of change. That um, all depends on the data. That'll all depend on. And again, what this market will be spooked about is if inflation starts to stick higher, because that will derail I, all of these Fed cut predictions. I, I mean, think it's you know, the consumer slowdown also, Dennis, because the consumer has been so resilient, right? If the consumer has. really breaks... That's yeah. when I think questions start to to come up because yeah. the consumer is what this country runs on, right? I mean, at the end of the day, and um, I'm thinking about it, and I wanted to bring a trade idea, so let's might as well just talk yeah, about yeah, it now. Yeah, yeah, bring up some trade ideas. Um, so this is this is going to be my big trade for next year, and I, I already have a little bit on it. Um, I'm going to be adding throughout it, but I'm starting to think like you know, I I called for retail seasonality to the upside at the end of October. And I wrote that up. I wrote it with multiple names. But now I'm starting to flip on it because it's seasonality actually puts these retail stocks running into a little bit of a wall in January and February. February is still a little bit of a stronger retail month. So you got to be careful with that month. But January, usually seasonally weak. And so if I look at the XRT, if I look at retail names and I go to the daily chart and I see that this stock has just the ETF, I was playing it at 59, guys, to give you guys perspective. Right, um, it, it's run. I mean, that's a 25% run for the XRT. If you look at back when this thing kind of has that run, 19%, you know, 26%, right? Another run here, 25%. There's not too much often that we run and we don't come down also in when? January. Look at January right here. This is January to March. All the way down, it came back down, right? And then if you look here, December, a run November, December, January fall, right? And if you look here, run into December, why not maybe get a fall into January? So I said, you know what? I'm going to go after the biggest name here, the beast of them all. And that's Albert Crombie and Fitch also. I'm that thinking here, I'm like, there's no way this thing should be at $91. So I'll compare it to a trade that I took last year that I will tell you guys, I got stopped out on it, that I literally was frustrated on it all year. And what was that? That was the Burlington trade. And I'll show you guys what I was looking at back then. And it was something else, right? I, I was honestly trading it right here on this day. When it had earnings right in early, uh, this was at the end of March, um, at the end of February, going into March. And this thing came down all the way back down to the trend. So I'm thinking that we might get a similar going trend Going with here. the IWM, like it was really moving with it. And so many stocks, and that's what we talked about back in September and October. And Mitch, you're bringing up some fantastic points here. Is we talked about all of these stocks coming back to their longer term support lines. When the IWM got there, at back to that 162, we talked about on the show, rewind and listen to the shows. Yeah. We were like, a lot of bad news is priced in at this point in time. You know, I don't think I thought it was going to be a 20% rally, but Burlington bottom, same time the regular the rest of the market did. But to your point, Mitch, Burlington 120 to 196 in two months. I mean, if you are buying up here, there is absolutely no doubt that you are chasing. 
Now, are the chasers going to be rewarded? Mark seems to think so, that we're just going to continue to go up. I think we'll have a check back. I think we'll have a pullback and another opportunity. I do think by the end of the year, we could be higher. Again, as long as inflation doesn't start to tick higher. Remember, as a trader, you have to change your mind. It's not, if you're a trader, it's not about holding to the thesis. If you're holding to your bull thesis, that's for long-term investing, and that's fine. You're a long-term investor. Know your time horizon. But if you're an active trader, you have to change your mind when you're given new information. No. Right now we have green light go, but again, I'm cautious for this first couple of weeks here because January, I think Mitch is going to be right. I think you're going to get a check back in some stocks. I like the Abercrombie and Fitch. We've been talking about the January effect from laggards becoming leaders. Well, what about leader becoming laggard here and A&F getting a lot of profit taking? Here was a stock money Mitch bringing to you in April, May was $22 in yeah. May of this year. It's 90 one dollars this retailer yes with <laughs> stores not you know an ai play this retailer is up 350 some percent or whatever that adds up to in my head in the last six months this is the definition of chasing if you're buying here this would be a stock i would think would get profit taking in january and like i said if you're canadian it might start today yeah, and that's one thing that I'm just looking at, right, guys? Do I know anything? But this is how you I've gotten the best trade ideas. I'm not doing this based on what everybody else is telling me. I'm doing it based on seasonality, history. And I'm looking around and thinking, we were already thinking this beforehand, Dennis, right? We thought that the consumer could stay strong through Santa Claus rally, but that in January and February, we would see some kind of slowdown in the consumer. I, I mentioned yesterday how 37% of the consumer went into debt during this holiday season because of the way that they're wanting to buy and consume. Well, aren't they going to run into a wall at some point? I, that's just my thinking, guys. I think they do, but I think the Fed is behind the market, so it's hard to really get bearish. So I'm with Mark in this way, is that before the Powell speech, I was fully with you, Mitch, that the consumer is going to run out of money, you know, or going to start to start to run out of money in 2024 because they've exhausted, you know, credit card debts are record highs. You know, they've exhausted their savings. They're going to start to slow down. They'll find the money to buy through Christmas. Me and Money Mitch were saying it's going to be a strong end of the year because people will find money to buy through Christmas. Then they'll slow it down. And that's a seasonality effect. They often do slow it down. But, you know, when, when you look at the big picture here, the Fed is now behind this market. So if the, if the consumer starts to slow down, that's more reason for the Fed to raise rates even or lower rates even quicker. So, I mean, with the Fed behind the market now, it's hard to get really super bearish here. Um, but I would be cautious for, you know, a check back, a pullback, maybe some guidance cuts. You know, FedEx guidance was not great. You know, so we've seen some major companies already warning the consumer could slow down. So I think you could see that early pause in the consumer spending. But I think the Fed could reignite it again. And that's why I'm not getting real bearish like for the whole year. I think you could get a check back. And then I think eventually the consumer probably um, comes back, you know, fairly strong if the Fed starts cutting rates. And that's what they'll do if we start getting the data to show that the consumer is actually slowing. Let's go to Apple here as they're selling the watches. Who's getting their watch now? It's going to be back on the radar here. It's going to be back in stores on Wednesday and starting online starting on Thursday. So Apple will be able to sell the latest Apple watches after an import ban was temporarily paused by appeal courts on Wednesday. Will this actually make an impact on Apple? 
Um, again, this is your, one of your stocks has had a pretty darn good 2023. Not as good as some of the other stocks, but we're talking about a stock that started the year down at 133, it's about 193. So is there going to be profit taking come the calendar turn? I tend to think so. Would be, I be a buyer on dip on Apple? Maybe Apple's valuation has just been so high. That's why, you know, I had it in my portfolio for seven or eight years. I've talked about this before. I had it when it was 12 times earnings, 13 times earnings, 15 times earnings. I sold it when it was 27 times earnings. I just felt it was over extended so i felt like you know that you know this valuation here is just not nearly as attractive as it was back when it was trading 14 times earnings so here we are apple i'm just it's a value call for me it's just fully valued so can it go higher sure if the markets go higher and multiples continue to expand maybe earnings grow but apple has been earning growing earnings for a couple of years so it's gonna have to it's it's a it's an approve me stage really from an earnings perspective because the earnings growth really hasn't been there it's been all multiple expansion this last move in apple let's keep going let's get to another conversation of course i don't know if you guys uh saw yesterday of course it was big conversation on what's going on and what could be the next big uh, Supreme Court case, right? Um, and that's, of course, on AI as the New York Times has filed the lawsuit against ChatGPT's maker OpenAI and Microsoft, alleging the unauthorized use of copyrighted content by AI. And it's kind of interesting because at the same time, Apple is trying to do kind of, they're building their large language models, right? And they're writing checks to media companies to license their content. For training models. So some people can view this as a way that Apple's kind of coming against Microsoft here and doing something different, right? Actually paying for the data or trying to get licenses for this data to go against the way that the model is in Microsoft, essentially maybe hitting open AI and giving them the right way to approach these uh, large lingual models. And so this is going to be a battle here, guys. And I think this is going to go to the Supreme Court. I'm not the only one that thinks that this is going to go to the Supreme Court. And I think that this is going to be big implications on AI overall, right? And what do they want? They want in on the data. They want to know exactly where this data is coming from, where they're getting this information, um, because it's going to be very vital to the court case, right? And so I think that this also gives the government an in on AI. Uh, I don't know anything about any of that. All I know is Microsoft is fully valued as well. It's a similar story to Apple. It's got to grow. I do think there's more of a growth story here because we know they're attacking, you know, the AI a little bit heavier. Apple's obviously attacking in the background too, but they're a front-run leader in AI. I think the AI story is not going away. It's why Microsoft, I think, continues to trade at a premium multiple here. Um, I do think you could get a check back in the beginning of the year. I thought we could get up to all-time highs. I really did, Microsoft. It just hasn't transpired. This has been a buy-everything-else rally and not the Magnificent Seven for the last two weeks, really, here. I thought we'd get that run-up in the end of the year. It hasn't materialized here yet, so I'm starting to think it isn't coming. Um, it's up a buck here this morning. I liked it at 373 when I thought it could go to 382. I'd probably just be taking the profits and running here next. We're getting too close to the end of the year. And I think at the end of the year, we get a check back in a lot of the Magnificent Seven, meaning at the beginning of the year. And uh, at the beginning of the year, I think that's going to happen. Just to put in some adding conversation, um, Microsoft was on Wetbush's best idea list for 2024. So you can see how they feel about AI and Microsoft continuing moving forward. Uh, Dan Ives even uh, maintained overweight rating, but 
increased price target to 450. I'm talking all about, of course, uh, what are they talking about? <laughs> and I love this comment, man. Dan Ives, man, out there. Uh, we view this as Microsoft's iPhone moment with AI set yeah. to change the cloud growth and trajectory in Redmond for the next few years. Over the next three years, over 60% of Microsoft installed base of enterprise and commercial customers will likely be on Copilot AI functionality. He said, adding that it could augment to the company's revenue by about $25 billion in the fiscal year 25. Um, so he's seeing it as Microsoft's iPhone moment. I mean, I think that's a big push. The, the, um, and again, that's a big it, push. This is Dan Ives, who is a permable. Um, yeah. He's a permable. He's going to have strong targets. I mean, most of your analysts are permables. So, yeah, you know, it honest. takes, you know, a lot, there's not a lot of analysts that come out here with sell side ratings. I mean, how many analysts have a sell at Microsoft? Can you look at that quickly in the background? Yeah, Mitch, there's probably not pro. a single one. Like, is there any analysts that even have a sell rating on Microsoft? So, I mean, that's just what it is. The analyst community is always perma bullish. I love Dan Ives, you know, he's been right. Dan Ives has been absolutely correct here, you know, for a lot of these stocks. There's going to be moments he's going to be wrong. But when you're perma bullish and your long-term outlook, you usually end up being correct because the markets do tend to drift up over the course of time. So if you're long-term investors, it's good to listen to people like Dan Ives. I mean, Gene Munster was a long-term bullish Apple and still is forever. And I mean, look how much money you made if you were just blindly following, as an investor, you're just blindly following Gene Munster back in 2006, 2007. He was pitching, he was pitching Apple on CNBC relentlessly. And absolutely ended up being right. You made a lot of money just following the, their calls. So if you're a long-term investor, some of these guys like Dan Ives and Gene Munster really will give you some good information. They follow these companies very closely. They're in tune with them. They're in with the stories. And the stories can stay hot for a very long time. Um, with that being said, as a trader, you've got to be able to you know, bounce and go back and forth. Microsoft, its valuation scares me. I had it in the long-term portfolio for a long time as well. Again, the reason I sold a lot of stocks on my long-term portfolio was one, that I was worried about the interest rate scenario, uh, interest rates going higher. That's when I sold them back earlier. And I sold a lot of these back in 2022. And, you know, and the other thing, obviously, worrying about was full valuation. Stocks trading with PEs of 30 are a lot more expensive than when, you know, I was originally buying Microsoft. And I think it was trading with a PE of 20. So, you know, it's all those considerations in there. But know your time frame. Know your long term. I think Microsoft is going to be a big player in AI. I do believe the stock goes higher in the long term. I just think maybe you get a check back here early, maybe get another opportunity. Sociedad Quimica Mineral de Chile is in oh the my news gosh, today. Man, that's a uh, SQM here. Yeah, had the had the rocket there, right? Uh, Chilean, of course, uh, is what's going on here is it's surging in the early sessions after the company agreed to jointly develop lithium. Uh, and this is according to Bloomberg. And so this is going to give them a nice little lift. This is giving a lot of lithium stocks a little bit of a lift. And if I think about what could happen next year, um, I think about what we're going to really be moving into is I don't see a good year for lithium uh, for EV stocks like Tesla and, and, and your, your stocks like that, like Ford. But at some point, at some point, these lithium names are going to go. And I just continue to watch these. I don't have any long term right now. I know that you've taken a shot on this, Dennis. I'll let you talk about it, um, whether it be ALB or some of the bigger names. What do you think about that story going into 24? 
I think this is something to drive these stocks here today. So I do have a trading position on SQM. Um, mm -hmm. Just put a hedge on. I'm being short this and along some of the other um, lithium providers. Thought there might be a catch up trade here. So still long ALB in the long-term portfolio. I got a short-term uh, trade on and a couple of these other lithium providers. I think this is like a sneaky story that nobody's paying attention to. I think this is the reason a lot of these stocks were beaten up. And I think you could see a lift here just today, day trade. I think you could see a little lift in some of these stocks. I think, you know, this is one story that I, I, I always like to keep like themes in my head. Like what kind of themes could be investments moving forward? Of course, there's lithium. You can think of even cannabis for maybe next year. Um, smaller names. I'm seeing SPACs come back, things like this. I'm always on the thematic kind of mentality and looking for this type of trade. Um, definitely has had a huge pullback on a lot of these names. I mean, when you think about it, ALB was at 300. It's gotten more than a 50% haircut, down 64%. A lot of so, bad news priced in there. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking, right? But if, again, you got to look at the scenario where EV, forward cutting back, you know, do we need less lithium? I think there's still EV going, but are we in this scenario where, you know, we were pricing in this huge movement to EVs and then this is, isn't materializing? Maybe we are under that scenario and that's why a lot of these stocks have really been beat up. Um, it's lots to consider, lots of balls to juggle here. Um, I'm still on the ALB. I think there's a long-term story here. I'm still on the LTHM. I think there's a long-term story there, but it's been a terrible short-term story. All right, let's do a little bit of ticker time, guys. I would say uh, probably like the last ticker time of the year, um, but definitely smash the like, guys, and let us know what stocks are on your radar. Uh, throw up some stocks. We can get through some of the ones that are out there. Um, Dennis, anything on your radar here? Um... Yeah, again, so I've got my list, obviously, and I've been talking the about list, that list, the, the January list. effect. <laughs> it has grown tremendously. So if you want to see, this is my list for potential turnaround plays in the early January. But I also put ANF at the top of the list, Mitch, for the profit-taking one. I just added that one for you this morning here. Uh-oh, uh-oh. But uh -oh. you can see January effect plays. I've got like BABA, Pfizer, SD. Did you see that DM? Now it's in the 80s. I got cents. it in there. <laughs> Did it already God run on it. me? Is it running ahead? God dang it, Dennis. Front running my trades. <laughs> they front run my trades. I don't like that. I'm they looking show this at that one. Isn't they you know, you know what I did see, though? That uh, Remember how yesterday uh, Mish Snyder was talking about Triple D? And, and I, I did see that in the space, there's starting to be some acquisition talk. So I'm wondering if some of these eventually do get bought out, like she mentioned. Um, so just keep your eyes on that. All these 3D names are definitely in the rut. Um, I saw another one moving just a little bit. Bello, we'll see. I, I, one of the things is in the January effect, a lot of the times it's the names that were sold on the tax loss, right? Where they took yeah. those losses. And then usually those outperform going into the next year. Yes, so I, I, these are some things that I'm just going to be looking for, right? Um, do we know which one's going to be the one? We don't, but has there been some that have taken off? I mean, look at this chart. It's some are already running. Like, it's a tricky year. And again, here's yeah. China going up on us now, too. I was hoping this would happen January 2nd. Now you get a lift here today. The pot stock's set up interesting, though, Mitch, because they haven't mm. really had a run. I mean, you got CGC sitting down in the lows. These are dumpster fires. I mean, they have been. Is there everyone, a potential Everyone hates on this trade, guys. I and think, I think there may be a, I'm with you, Mitch. There may be a turnaround dude. story for early January. I will rent these stocks. I won't probably be long-term investing in these companies here. But I think as renting these stocks, I think there's a potential for an early January effect trade on these companies as well. 
It's all going to depend on 280E, right? Uh, there's big implications if cannabis moves from schedule one to schedule three. Keep your eyes open for that. And I've always said it. There will come a time when these OTC names like Truly, like Green Thumb, um, will move to the open markets, right? Move to the New York Stock Exchange, right? And when that moment happens, I think that's when we see the next big boom. I know I traded one boom of cannabis, I still expect to see another boom. The only question has been when. Yes, have they been losers since? Yes. That doesn't mean that you're not seeing some volume start to pile in here. Look at this volume. Look at the change in volume that's happened in MOS, MSOS. This is what it used to trade like. Now look at all that volume that's starting to pile in. What does this show me? And I'm starting to think about it is that I see, I think some people are really seeing the late innings of the restriction and the battle against drugs going to change, and the MSOS has a more positive future. That's just what I'm, I see. I don't know long term, and I'm not on this show to predict long term. My prediction game is not that great in the long term, but I think short term, I'm with you. I think there could be a pop in pot stocks in January. Yeah, I, I think I think it's just something to watch. It's I hope also they don't front run it today. <laughs> They're all front running these trades. I guess I'm supposed to do them all today. They're front running all these trades, uh, suckers. Yeah, I, I think in long term, well, we're going to see some kind of uh, federal legalization overall. And if that does happen, you take the tax implications off some of these companies. There's actually some that are profitable, guys. They just need the slightest change in regulation and they could really push on growth to each his own if you guys don't want to watch it. All right, let's keep let's keep, take a look from stocks from the chat here. I'm seeing a bunch of names rolling through there. So let's take a look at oh, one of us. these. Let's do ADM. Archer Daniels Midland. Mm. Here's a stock that is sleepy, sitting near a 52-week low. Um, its potential for a turnaround in early January is there. I mean, there isn't a lot of stocks that near 52-week lows. But remember when you're buying laggards, they're laggards for a reason, is that the companies maybe are struggling, they're underperforming to a certain extent. I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, uh, uh, plays. You know, this is obviously, you know, to talking you know, food processing here, ADM. We know some of the consumer staples plays have not had a fantastic year. It's been rates holding them back. But is there the potential here for ADM to um, play catch up maybe in early 2024? I think so. I wouldn't want to be shorted at going into 2024. It's definitely not something that I'd want to get short also. Um, it's it's off this long-term support too that I just used. 70 looks like it's standing out. If it holds 70, doesn't look bad at all here. Um, also, I like to see this kind of volume change, right? A little bit of pops recently, especially on this downturn 75. Can you recover that 75 where you had a lot of volume come in right before that? Turn around at 76. If it clears 76, gets above this 200 exponential, it'll be looking really good. Um, How is it 9 o'clock already? Yeah, that's what happens, Dennis, when what we have a good happened? time, man. I thought it was like 845. That's I what mean, happens, man. Wow, the time flies when you're having fun here, Mitch. We always have fun together. Um, one last thing, everybody talking the TLT. Absolutely, you gotta yeah. continue to watch the TLT. To to Mark's point earlier, it has been the bonds that have driven the bus here. We talked about the TLT potentially turning, and I said if it starts to get above 90, you've got to start thinking about owning stocks. Obviously, that has materialized in mid-November and has driven stocks. 
Again, there will be a time where the TLT will disconnect here. Once we stop worrying about inflation, stop worrying about rates, there will be the time where the stocks can rally without the TLT. But right now, the bonds have led the rally. We have the Rick Santelli bottom, also the Bill Ackman bottom for the opposite reasons, meaning Rick Santelli calling for rates to go to 14, which is absolutely maybe the most brutal call of 2023. And Bill Ackman saying, I covered my bond short almost at the same time. And Bill Ackman calling the bottom here in the bond market. What a f- fantastic call um, because we have turned and that was the very day that we bottomed was a Bill Ackman bottom. So Ackman, you're so hot right now. Ackman, Ackman, man, definitely changed things around. We'll see what happens in the TLT. Um, one thing that's starting to get me a little bit concerned is uh, I always point to this is historical reference on uh, RSI. It doesn't mean that things have to change immediately. But have we gotten past that 80 multiple times now? Yeah, we've tried multiple times to pass that 80, starting to struggle. I'm going to look to see if this starts to change going into next year. We'll see what happens. Also on the queues, that's definitely getting to the point where it's topped out. Like I mentioned, that 1.3% rally for Santa Claus rally is more towards 415, like right before that. And we're starting to slow down a little bit. We'll see what happens today, guys. Like always, stay with us. Um, if you guys want to keep up with Dennis Dick, of course, Triple D Trader, of course, give him a good follow. Of course, you guys know my tag, at MoneyMitchBZ. It's always been a great year with you guys. I do want to let you guys know that I will be taking a little bit of a step back. Uh, so you guys won't be seeing me tomorrow and probably into the into the, the beginning of the next year. But I'll be working in the background here, guys, uh, doing some new things here. Uh, like always, smash the like, guys. Uh, we're going to keep growing into 24. Uh, but definitely, it's been a good time with you guys. Uh, Dennis, like always, my friend, thank you for continuing to mentor all of us because that's the way I feel like the show really is, is that we learn from you, man. And we wanted to tell you that I especially truly appreciate everything that you've done for us here in 23 and want you to continue pushing forward, helping traders really kind of get that learning curve and, and really get to the next level. So thank you from myself to you. And I know that a lot of the chat would give you a big thank you, Dennis. So thank you, man. Yeah, and Mitch, thank you as well. I learned from you too. I mean, we're always learning constantly from each other. I learned so much from our chat as well. The chat has been fantastic all year. Even the haters, I learned from you guys too. Because, I mean, we're in a constant learning. The one thing about trading is it evolves. And if you're not constantly learning, you will eventually be left in the dust. So I learned from fantastic traders like Money Mitch. I learned from fantastic traders in the chat. I mean, there's so many of you. You know, when we can't find the news on something, the chat always seems to be able to find the place. This is a community here, pre-market prep. Yeah. We've built a community here. And, I mean, uh, you know, you guys make me a better trader. A lot of my, you know, gains come from you guys because you guys give us ideas. You guys help us, you know, to think through, you know, we speak it and we talk it through. Um, but, you know, the trading ideas that come out of this chat are fantastic here. So thanks to everyone. Money Mitch, you as well. Um, obviously, you know, we're going to still be working with you. Um, but, you know, you're talking about taking a little back seat and be behind the scenes for a little bit here, too. So we wish you well with that, too. And obviously, we're going to keep uh, we'll bring you back on here, too. So it's not just like saying goodbye to Money Mitch here. He's still going to be hiding in the background, too. And, um, yeah, and we'll go from there. You will so have a show tomorrow. Much. No worries about that, France. Uh, we'll have AB here, uh, so don't worry. We'll about be that. here. We're here tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, just we're here to tomorrow. Fill in France's question there. Uh, but yeah, thank you, like always, man. It's always great to have you, Dennis. Go do what you do best, my friend. Get to your trading action and enjoy your New Year's. Also, my friend, you take too. care.
All right, guys, that's going to bring you over to live trading. That's coming up next. Like always, we're going to keep growing here. We're going to keep taking it to the next level. Like always, I did throw up multiple times here today, the Stock Traders Almanac. If you don't have one for yourself, you might want to. A lot of interesting statistics to really kind of based on. And if you like the approach of like, let's say like Brian Dietrich or maybe Cameron Dawson or some of the experts that we always hear about, Jeffrey Hirsch, right? Definitely take a look into the Stock Traders Almanac. That's what it's all about, and it's available to you guys right now. Uh, so if you guys look in the description below, you'll also be able to get it there. I'll see you guys next time. Now to bring you guys over to live trading, getting after it. I hope that you guys enjoyed me bringing a trade, right? Like always, I like to bring you guys ideas. Of course, this is not investment advice. This is informational purposes only. Opinions do not represent those of Benzinga and hosts and guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed today. Now to bring you guys over to live trading. Smash the like, guys. It's always been great with you guys. And we'll see you guys on live trading that's coming up next. I really hope somebody knew. And if you haven't gotten the chance to check out live trading before, come on over. Come check it out, team. We'll see you guys over there. And like always, let's keep going right here on Benzinga. Oh,